Welcome to the Defiant Business Podcast. A business podcast produced by Defy the Status Quo for forward-thinking businesses and savvy professionals looking to defy the status quo of mediocre customer experiences, barely surviving businesses, and haphazard business development. We'll explore best marketing and sales practices, improving business processes, attracting your ideal clients or customers, striking your perfect work-life balance, business basics, intentional inclusion in business, and so much more. Thank you for joining me today. Let's do this. Okay, welcome back, everyone. This is another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast, and I have my guest for the week with me, Dr. Gail Hayes. And today we are going to be talking about harnessing the real power of collaboration. So for those of you that lead teams, those of you who want to lead teams, you know, perk those ears up because you're going to want to hear what she has to say. So Dr. Gail, thanks again for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. And so I'm just going to jump right into it. What's the difference between what people think collaboration is and what it actually is? Well, of course, this is all a matter of opinion. (laughs) I love your opinion. (laughs) So here you are. Excuse me. Well, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I want to collaborate with them, blah, 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 blah. And you, you don't even respect them, but you want what they have. You want, you want to get inside of their circle and you usually have ulterior motives or you want to make money, but you you enter into that arena without honor. That is one of the biggest things for me is that people sometimes co-labor or work alongside of people with ulterior motives and they know they're not going to stay. They know they're going in for something else to either to take extract something or to diminish or to find out something uh, negative about that person or a company. <clears throat> And of course, let's get real. When you go in, when someone lets you inside of their space, there's an intimacy factor that's there. Even if it's in business, they they expose themselves to you in a very um, unique kind of way, authentic way. And I've seen people go into the collab collaborations with evil motives. And so for me, when you co-labor, that means you link with them and you become like them. So you have to watch who you connect with or who you co-labor with, because I, I have to say this. I used to think, well, you didn't have to collaborate with people you know you like. That's, I don't agree with that. I want to work with people I know, like, and trust. I don't like you because it's like a marriage. It's like, you know, you're dating or something. You When you get in business with somebody, you got to like them. You got to like what they bring. You got to like something about them. And it may not be everything, but it's got to be enough where you feel like you can stay for the dance. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah. got to be enough that they they have a, an energy that's like yours. And you believe that when you come together with them and co-labor with them, you can push your agenda forward and, and you must be willing to help them with theirs. So many people will say, well, they can help us get from point A to point B and they're in partnership with these people so they can help us. But what are you doing? Yeah. What are you bringing? Are you just want yeah. them to, to bring you? You've got to give it up too. You got to be able to say, look, I'm going to let them lead sometimes. You don't need always need to be in charge. And if you have that much ego, you need to stay by yourself. Co-laboring is, is knowing that sometimes you got to put your ego on on hold and allow that person to shine and help them to shine. Because I promise you, it'll come back to you. It will come back to you. And it's like I said earlier, 
um, whatever you put out into the universe will either touch your heart or hit you in the chest with a sledgehammer. And you have to decide, especially in collaboration, which one do you want? That's true. And I actually, I really love how, how you, how you use that, the co-labor. It never actually occurred to me that that is, that's the root of collaboration. It's that labor piece. And then the co-labor is, is what we're essentially doing. And it's funny because I got a LinkedIn connection request today that said something about talking networks, whatever, something, and saying that they'd be interested in collaborating with me or something. And I'm like, but you don't know me. They've been watching you though, girl. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it just, it seems interesting that they, you know, would kind of say it out the gate, like collaborate, right? Because I don't know them. So like you said, I don't know what they're bringing to the table. Well, and you're in the, but you're in an advantage because you already know what they want. So you can sit back and say, serve me, convince me. <laughs> I'm open. I mean, really, they're coming after you. So you can say, okay, you're taking me to lunch. I, let's see what you have on the menu. Okay, and just be quiet and let them talk. That's the advantage of that. You're not going after them. They're coming after you. So they've got to sell themselves to you. That's right. Which is a great, it's a bonus. So that's the way to look at it. And if they're willing to sell themselves to you like that, they already understand the value of co-laboring. They're saying, this is what I want to do. So yeah, it's a valuable thing, letting them sell themselves to you. All right. So, so actually that kind of goes into my next question I wanted to ask. So in... The looking at kind of the business professional sphere, how can we as entrepreneurs, business owners, executives bring the power of true collaboration into our spaces and into our interactions? Well, for first is authenticity. I, that word is kind of overused, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, That's why I said radical be, authenticity. No, but you, but you, what I mean is people use it who are not authentic. Okay. Right. What I mean by that? Authentic means being, I don't look, I don't have time to put on another personality. I just don't. And I have tried to be the really soft-spoken, very appropriate woman. It don't work. I'm disruptive. <laughs> I'm, I'm always that person that will say, excuse me. What is this over here? And everybody's ignoring that. As he said, the white elephant in the middle of the room. I said, no, I'm the black elephant in the room. I need to know what's going on so we can move forward. So people, uh, it's funny that because of the space they're in right now, people are beginning to appreciate that. Because part of authenticity is acknowledging that things are around you and you need to move those things. And oftentimes it takes a collaboration or a co-laboring to move the boulder as opposed to one person trying to do it on their own. It usually takes a team of people to move these boulders that we're doing now, um, these social boulders. And even the way we do business, it's like we, it takes groups of people who are like-minded, like energy to do things. And we're finding those people don't always look like us. And that's the beauty of all of this. So it's not about how a person looks, but it is about the, the like-mindedness and the energy that they bring. It's about respect. It's about authenticity. It, it is about, I need to like you a little bit. I mean, help me like you. I need help liking you. Sometimes some of the stuff you don't, but so sometimes it's all right for you to say, look, I'm having some feelings about this right here. I heard you say this, this bothers me. If we can come to a point, and a lot of people don't want to say that people, I'll say it. I said, if you can explain this statement to me, and help me to see your point, your side without you getting offended, then I might probably want to work with you. It's because oftentimes people get offended. Well, why did they ask me that? Why did she say that? I know immediately ah, that's not the kind of person I need to work with because 
When you co-labor with somebody, you got to expose yourself. You've got to be willing to be transparent. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You've got to be willing to say, I'm going to share or, you know, you're not going to keep all your cookies by yourself. Or if you want to keep that bag of cookies, show me where your bakery is. And so it's got to be an openness to share, knowing that both of you come with something and you both need to move this boulder to get to that mountain. And there's enough gold in that mountain for more than one team. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Actually, that's that's I love that. Yeah, it's it's something that it's very reminiscent of something that I've said before when somebody asked a question about, hey, so if I create a course, let's say, and uh-huh. I teach people how to do what I do, am I creating my own competition? And my response to that was there's over 7 billion people on the planet. Are you plan- planning on providing services to all of them? Um, can I give you an example of something that happened? I was dealing with an author and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a multi-published author and this woman came up with a book title and she says, well, I'm so, ex- I'm so, I was so excited about doing my book, but now I can't put it out. I said, why not? Somebody took my book title and I said, who? And she went on to tell me how this person already had a book with the title of her book. And I said, okay, so you're going to sit on your book with your content, because this person has the same title. And I said, well, I can't use it because it's copyright. I said, no, you can use a book title, but you, if it's if it's trademarked, you can't use it. I had to explain to her the difference in intellectual property. And she was like, well, she stole my, cop, my, my title. I said, no, she did not. I said, let me just tell you this. Let's put this on a spiritual plane. I said, when the word, I said, there's, there's right now, there's words going out and that people are hearing things in the universe. The universe is talking to us right now as we're doing things. I said, when that one message goes out, many people get the message. Multiple people get a message. And this is what happens. You can stand, I said, right in the mouth of God. God's mouth is huge. Very, 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 very big. So if he speaks something to me and I'm standing right in front of his mouth, guess what? Even if I hold my hands out like that, there are people behind me, on the side of me, above me, and they get a piece of it too. Right. I said, they may not get the full blast, but they get a piece of the puzzle and they get a piece of the message. So you can't say they copied you because they all heard. Their ears were in tune with what the universe was speaking, what was being said. So therefore she heard what you heard, but guess what? Her message is going to be articulated different because she's different. Every person has a unique set of fingerprints, a unique, unique eyes, unique hair, skin. All of us are different. And I said, and we're all in an orchestra. I said, I am a trumpet. And I said, and when I said, I'm very loud and I know that. And, but I said, you don't have a trumpet playing the whole notes in an orchestra unless you have a concerto and they've been muted. And I said, but the trumpet also announces the coming of the king. And I said, so... I speak to other trumpets. I, I announce things and it gets everybody's attention. And then the, the clarinets will play. And then the violins will play. But I'm still a trumpet and I know when I'm going to hit it so everybody can pay attention and wake the audience up. I said, we all have to play our part in the orchestra. So I'm not going to get upset if a clarinet is playing a song that I know. I'm not going to get upset if the violin plays the melody that I've been singing. I'm not going to get upset if the drums beat the way that I move. I'm not going to get up. And I started explaining to her. She was like, oh, my God. I said, so you may not, you have no right to sit on your story because other violins need to hear it. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. That's, oh, my goodness. I will credit you 
I will credit you with that one, but she was crying. She was crying. But I have, I was talking to someone just yesterday about how we can all say the same things or talk about the same things, but the way that we talk about them and, and it's always backed by who we are and our perspective and our lenses that through which we view the world, that it will resonate with different people. We all have our people who are attracted to us. So we can go about and say the same things, but the way I say it and what I say about it will resonate with a certain group of people and not others because they aren't my people. Well, this is what I say. I have a book that I'm working on on this concept. It's called Instruments of Peace. Uh, Instruments of Peace. And I, I said, how do we get to peace? We need to know what piece we play in the orchestra. Everybody said, why are you going to try to play what a violin plays if you're a trumpet? That's ridiculous. Why are you going to try to do the clarinet if, if, you're, if you're a drummer, if you're, you're doing the, you know, you're drumming? Play the drums well, play the harp well, play the clarinet well. Your turn will come to be in the spotlight. And I said, and also what you just said about your people, your people are not always your tribe. I've discovered that. Your people are not always your tribe. And I've had to live with that for most of my life because I was taken out of the black community at age five and I went to live in the international community. And when I came back to, back to the black community, they told me I wasn't black enough. Well, I didn't know what that meant. I was 13 years old. Um, they were coming after me because they said I talked proper. And I didn't understand a lot of what they're saying. I needed a translator, honey. But um, I really did, because they were saying stuff. I said, what? And they thought I was trying to be funny, but I had lived in the international community. So I was, you know, totally, I was five and I came back at 13. So then I left after a year and stayed gone. And actually, honestly, I will say that I have had some difficulty being accepted by my own people because I see things through a different lens. And I said, and I always tell them it's a 2020 leadership lens. I see things in a very different way. And I can say, hold, before you make that decision, because here's what, here's what gets most of us, Ruthie. We make major decisions based upon limited information. It's what I call the iceberg theory. Uh, yes. Okay. We do not wait to see what the real truths are. We just based upon, it's almost, let me say right now in our society, People are making decisions about the political climate based upon what the media says. If you really, really stop, the media is stirring us all up and we can't even see the good that's being done behind the scenes because we've been stirred up. And I've had to ask people this and I'm just gonna tell you this straight up. I was talking to a woman the other day and she, was, she started slamming the, uh, President Trump. It's not so much that I'm a big fan of his, but I look, I'm an American. It's just as simple. I come from a military background. I'm a former law enforcement officer. I'm just going to tell you straight up. I, some of my values are very traditional now, but you know, I'm still black. Let's get it real. But anyway, <laughs> she, she was talking to me and she was like, I can't stand him. Blah, 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 blah. She was going on. And this is a woman who says she's a Christian. She goes to church. She sits on the pew every Sunday. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, when was the last time you had dinner with him? I'm just wondering, you act like you know him personally. <laughs> Did you talk with him? Have you talked to him? I was are you looking at through the lens of CNN? I said, I'm just saying. She was like, nobody had ever confronted her like that. And I said, because if you listen to all the news, it's so toxic. They take people like you and they manipulate you because you act like you know him personally. What has he done to you personally now? I want you to tell me personally what he's done to you to hurt you and your family. Come on. 
She couldn't tell me. I said, so to me, what I see is the iceberg theory here in, in operation. I said, because you're only talking about what you see on the ocean, on the, on, the, on the surface. And beneath, there's so much more information that you have not gone uh, under the water to see what, what the real truth is. I said, surely there is no one perfect who's been in that office. Everybody has skeletons in their closet when you ascend to that level. Everybody. There are no perfect presidents. They all men, they all have done some stuff. And they all at an age where they've done some stuff. And I said, so... Really, I wouldn't want a, a president who hadn't done anything, who hadn't experienced some stuff and made some mistakes. I said, that makes them better leaders. I said, and then I started naming off some stuff that had happened that people don't talk about, that are going on that people don't see because they're so focused on the negative rhetoric. I said, look, you cannot allow the media to dictate the terms of your level of involvement in America. I said, you cannot allow the media to cause you to be dishonorable about something, a system that we have in place unless you want to leave our nation. We have systems in place. Not saying they're all good, they're all right. But right now, unless you're willing to be a part of the solution, you're being a part of the, the toxic evil in our nation. How is what you're saying helping us? I said, so you got, you, you, you got with the right woman. I said, unless you're going to be part of the solution, I can't help you because I'm not going to entertain this. I said, and why? And she go, well, who are you voting for? And I said, what I, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do in a, in a public forum in a private way. I said, it's a public forum to vote, but it's private what I vote. We all got one vote. Maybe you just go to the polls and vote what you want according to your conscience. It's none of your business how I choose to vote. That is a fact. So let's have a good conversation. And she was kind of like, taken aback, and this is a black woman. I said, I, I just really feel like what we need to be doing is focusing on how we as a people can move forward. Yes. And don't say that Donald Trump is the only thing standing in our way. It ain't, he ain't the one. He, he only stays at a limited time. What's, what's really keeping us back is us listening to all this mess and keeping it going. I said, it's like you have a pot of fecal matter and you keep stirring in it. How's that helping us? It's still gonna be fecal matter at the end of the day. I'm serious. And so. That that's a fact, though. That's that's a fact. And I think that's so. Yeah, everybody get out and vote. First of all, <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you feel like voting. Yeah, whatever you feel like voting, just go out there. And right. Vote. If you don't like it, go vote. If you don't like it, vote. Yeah. If you, and shut up. Stop stirring the atmosphere, the atmosphere with toxicity. We all got to breathe. I want to breathe the air of positivity. We got enough negative stuff happening until you stirring in it and throwing balls of fecal matter in the air. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is our episode for today. And I'm really excited still because we have two more to come. And obviously, you never know what you're going to get here, right? Because Dr. Gail and I, we vibe. We vibe really well. So it, you just never know where the conversation is going to go. So be sure to join us for tomorrow and the next day because we have still two more topics to go through as part of this interview series. And I cannot wait. Thank you, Ruthie. Thank you, Dr. Gail. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. Please make sure that you've subscribed and do be sure to leave us a review if you found this episode at all helpful. And if you think it would be a great resource for someone else, be sure to share it with them. See you next time.